Chair, excuse me, Chair Antelman, I just wanna let you know that we do have a quorum. So when it is six o'clock, we can start. Okay, I think I'm unmuted. Unfortunately, yes, we can hear you all. Okay, I need to kind of get back where I can see everybody. I'm not quite sure how to do that. Um, so far on my screen, I can only see me. Any suggestions on what I need to press? Can you see the slides? I can just see design review committee, the uh, October 20th, 2021, but I don't see the rest of, of you. There, there is an option to change the view so you can see the tiles. Um, Tracy or Peter, can you walk through that? Because my screen looks different because I'm sharing. Um, Chair Antelman, are you using an iPad or a phone? Because the icon is showing uh, it's a little different. Uh, iPad. Okay. Yeah, I, I apologize because normally, like on my screen, I have a layout button where I can change uh, as far as like a stack or a side by side. I don't know if it shows on yours that way. Okay. Well, I hit a button. I can see you speaking. I just can't see anyone else. So it sounds like you have it set for active speaker. Okay. Is there a view button or a more button you can press that allows you to change your display views? Boy, not that I can see. Uh, the only thing I can think of is coming, going back out and coming back in again. But uh, let's see. There's one with a. There's a manage panels. If you hit, do you have a more option? No, I do have, oh, view all. There we go. I think that's going to do go. it. Okay, that should do it for you. Okay, but it didn't give me a view all. <laughs> I hit the button. <laughs> um, well, I'm only going to see the active speaker. So, um, 
that's not necessary. Well, let's see. Three attendees uh, is what's coming through. Boy, a let me try again. I apologize. So I'm going to hit, and it says attendees to, then it says view all. And then there's a chat symbol underneath it. So I would assume I need to hit view all. Try that. Not uh, working. <laughs> and it may not another... show. It may not show everybody at once. You will have to like. Even with I have a large monitor, I still have to scroll at the very top to see um, other members who are panelists. Yes, there's no scrolling uh, that I can do. The only thing I can do is see the city clerk, and that's it. Uh, I can't see anything else. So, uh, do you want to read? Now I got rejoining chair. Uh, one more time. I'm sorry, I missed the chair. Okay. Do you would you like to try and rejoin and and we can? Okay, can I'll try and you? I'll try and see if I can get out and then okay. come back in. Okay. Hi, committee members, Tomasello and Salty. Sorry for the delay. Hi there, no problem. And while we are waiting for Chair Antleman to rejoin, I just want to remind the members of the public, if you wish to speak on an agenda item, please send the host a chat indicating which item. You will have three minutes to speak, and the timer will be located in the tile named Council Chambers. Oh, I think, can anyone hear me? We can hear you chair, we just can't see you. Okay, well, I'm back in the same position again. The only thing I can see is a little blue screen and now I can see nothing. Um, I'm gonna hit the live, boy. Um, 
I don't know what's going on here at all. Chair, if you touch your screen, I'm, I'm, I logged in on an iPhone. I don't know if it's going to be the same as the iPad. If you touch your screen anywhere, a gray circle with a white rectangle should show up in the upper right-hand corner. No, nothing in the, okay, I'm on active speaker right now, so I can see the city clerk and that's it. Um, and in the lower left, I can see the, the slide that says design review committee. So I think as long as uh, during the deliberation, as if the other um, PRC members just speak up when they want to talk instead of just raising their hand, I think uh, we should be fine. Okay, let's let's give it a try. Okay, uh, good evening and welcome to the Wednesday, October twentieth, two thousand and twenty-one regular meeting of the Design Review Committee. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Committee member Groden is absent. Committee member Salty? Here. Committee member Tomasello? Here. Chair Antelman? Present. Thank you. Okay, so we're still missing our landscape architect. I can give you an update on that at the end of end of the meeting on the staff communications. Okay, um, okay, I'll continue on and uh, this is a time that we set aside for public communication to talk about any item that is not on tonight's agenda. Madam clerk, is there anyone who would like to speak uh, to us on any item not on the agenda? We have no public speakers. Okay, then seeing none, we will move on to uh, the next item on the agenda. And that's a consent item uh, approval of design review committee, August 18. 2021 meeting minutes. Uh, are there any edits or comments on the minutes? Okay, if there is none, uh, may I have a motion and a second for approval? Sure, I'll move to approve. This is committee member Thomas Apello. All second. Okay, and we have a second? Yes. I believe committee member Salty second. Yeah, there's only three of us on here, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, then uh, uh, clerk call the roll. Committee member Groden is absent. Committee member Salty? Yes. Committee member Tomasello? Yes. Chair Anselman? Yes. That motion okay. carries. Okay, next item on the agenda, uh, we're going to item number three since number two was deleted and that's uh, project uh, 15322, uh, permit streamlining ordinance amendment citywide. Um, Chair, Chair Adelman, um, if we yep. could hear number two and then staff is requesting, um, the applicant has requested to continue item number three, which is um, the Orn residence um, application and project. The applicant is requesting to continue that item to the December 15th 
design review committee. So if we could uh, please have the design review committee make a motion to continue that item. Uh, okay. That, that would be staff's We'll drop back to uh, item number two, project 12049. And uh, is understanding that they want to move uh, to a different date. Um, do we have a motion? For, would this be a continuance or? A, Yes, please. To continue to a date certain of December 15th design review committee meeting. Okay, then I'm looking for a motion and a second. Uh, I can go ahead and, and uh, make a motion to continue uh, item number two to uh, uh, Ms. Zayer, can you re uh, let me know the date again? Yes, it's the December 15th design review committee meeting. Um, Continue it to the December 15th design review committee committee meeting. I'll second if it takes a motion. Okay, uh, Madam Clerk, can you call the roll, please? Committee member Gordon is absent. Committee member Salty? Yes. Committee member Tomasello? Yes. Chair Anselman? Yes. That motion carries. Okay. And the next item on the agenda will be item number three, project 15322, uh, permit streamlining ordinance amendment citywide. Um, has anyone ha had any ex parte communication regarding this project? No. Okay. If not, no. then uh, can we please have a staff presentation? Yes, and just as a FYI, because this is not a quasi-judicial item, this is a, actually an ordinance change. Uh, you don't need to report ex parte on, on this particular one. Uh, good evening, DRC members. Um, I'm presenting the portions of the streamlining ordinance that by ordinance, uh, by your municipal code, requires input and recommendation from the design review committee uh, specifically for the sign regulation changes and the design review procedures. Uh, we're also providing for your information um, other sections such as the section that describes the uh, makeup and duties of the DRC itself. Next slide. So the first question, why, why are we doing streamlining? Uh, the, you can start from a lot of different places for the purpose of this presentation just going to start with the matrix report. This was a consultant report that council funded and uh, received in 2019. Uh, and bottom line is that uh, the report was needed because the process development review process as a whole was not in a good state. As noted in the written staff report process was in the state it was in not because of any one group. Uh, everybody involved in the process which ranges from from the council all the way to staff um, had a role in the process being what it was. Uh, every group needed to make uh, some type of change or adjustments. Uh, streamlining is one part of uh, improving the process. Next slide. So matrix literally tells staff to propose ordinance amendments to simplify the process uh, and to reconsider retaining DRC and HPC or reducing their scope. Just to go kind of straight to the bottom line, uh, staff is uh, not considering, not recommending uh, uh, 
disbanding DRCRHPC. We are recommending retaining them uh, for their role on uh, design review of major projects. Uh, we have the same recommendation for HPC for their role in historic preservation. The matrix report has a section, uh, one of the sections that noted one of the chief complaints they got from stakeholders was about the subjectivity of DRC. Uh, to be very clear, this was a past DRC uh, in a time when really uh, the staff involved as well have, has all changed. Uh, I would like to note just, I don't necessarily did agree with the matrix statement because um, the second sentence after subjectivity was about uh, DRC's discussion of windows and exterior wall materials. And I believe windows and exterior wall materials are part of design review. Uh, but I think there have there were occasions where the DRC members, the past DRC, uh, perhaps went too far on, on, on certain actions that they took. Uh, but as I said, staff in DRC has changed. And in the time that uh, uh, I've seen this particular DRC, I have not seen uh, many occasions where a DRC member has pushed a point that was subjective. Lastly, one of the key excerpts was uh, the matrix report said for uh, the types of applications that are reviewed administratively should be expanded. So those, those three parts of the matrix report uh, feed into the recommendations on, on Streamline. Next slide. Whereas matrix really only had a few months to interview stakeholders and staff and, uh, and such and, and read through our regulations policies. Uh, staff has had a little more time. Um, matrix was actually brought on and did the background work while uh, my position was in, in the recruitment phase. So I actually came on board after they had really formulated all their conclusions. Uh, but in the time since, um, I've been able to see more of the process, uh, the good and the bad. And in simplified terms, these are my findings of the, of the process. Um, the entire development review process, there's two parts. Uh, we are involved in the planning and hearing process. Uh, but there's a construction permitting process that is equally as important and uh, has its own issues. We're not going to talk about that because the streamlining ordinance, you don't need ordinance changes to um, put improvements in place for the, for the construction permitting process, whereas aspects of the planning hearing process do require ordinance changes. So of the, of the five major things that, uh, that, that I've observed, uh, number one, and as I said in the report, I actually am putting this in order of, of importance in, in uh, my perspective, uh, was about staff coordination, uh, either within departments or between departments. I think that was uh, number one on the list of why the planning hearing process did not work well. Number two, uh, boards did go beyond their scope. And it seemed that there was a, an established um, culture, if you will, of not working with staff. Again, that's the past board and past staff. Um, number three, complicated processes that are difficult to document or uh, explain for even staff and the applicants. Piecemeal decision-making uh, that results in, in potential legal issues and the standards and guidelines that uh, need to basically be be re looked at. 
Uh, please click. So of all the things I've identified, Matrix also identified six of them, six of the seven. Uh, there's one about the legal issues that has been something that uh, staff, both community development and the city attorney's office uh, have identified that Matrix did not. So we see we do see a lot of the same things that Matrix saw. And just to be very clear, you know, past DRC was one part of of, of, of the whole thing. And um, streamlining is attempting to address uh, as many of the issues as we can. Next slide. Another reason the process needs to be looked at uh, is we can't afford to do things the way we used to. Uh, first, it didn't seem like it worked, otherwise Matrix wouldn't have spent money on a, on a report. Um, and doing the same thing and expecting different results is uh, commonly referred to as a term we want to probably avoid. If you, if you look at our staffing levels, particularly planners per population compared to the larger cities in Ventura County and neighboring Santa Barbara County, uh, we are pretty comparable, but a little more than uh, most of our peers. But we're also one of the few that have a design review board and a historic board. Case of Oxnard, they do have a, a board, but it is just for part of the city. Uh, and they do not have their own historic board. They actually use the county board. Santa Barbara has many design boards and, and, and a historic board. Uh, but if you look at their planners per population, they have about four times as many. And so it comes back to the fact every item that goes to a hearing takes uh, an extra amount of time. Uh, then you add in the fact that we are updating our general plan. Uh, we're completing our housing element. There are needs to look at various other regulations, set up our systems and such. All of this takes uh, a lot of capacity. And we can't possibly do all of this well. Um, with the staff we have. Uh, and our financial situation is we cannot add staff to be close to what Santa Barbara has. Uh, so if we wanna do as many of our tasks well, the question is how can we set up a system that still has DRC and HPC as part of the process with the staff that we have? And that is the major goal of streamlining. Next slide. So the matrix report said uh, that we should do the ordinance changes to simplify the process in early 2020. Uh, well, we didn't expect COVID. So in, uh, we did a trial run with an emergency streamline ordinance or ESO as, as we call it for short. Uh, council adopted that in May, 2020 on a 7-0 vote, uh, extended it in April, 2021 on a 6-1 vote. And several of the slides in this presentation are actually from the April council meeting. So things that came out of the emergency streamlining ordinance uh, was uh, that projects with multiple hearings uh, would have a single decision maker. Uh, in the past, projects with multiple hearings would have each hearing uh, make a final decision on their piece of, of the project. There are legal issues with that that uh, we'll get into on a, a future slide, but there was also a council resolution from 2002 that interestingly enough, uh, said that if there's projects with multiple hearings to have it go to a single decision maker and all the other boards uh, would become a recommending body. It doesn't seem like that was implemented until um, 
emergency streamlining. Second bullet was to shift minor applications to more administrative processes. Uh, that's clearly something that was recommended by Matrix. And then in emergency streamlining, we shifted DRC and HPC to recommending bodies, which was a change in their scope. And again, that did uh, align with the matrix recommendation. The results of emergency streamlining have been very positive. I think with changes to the department leadership, staffing, board membership, and the streamline the emergency streamlining itself, we've proven the process can work with DRC and HPC involved in major projects. We've actually gotten two pretty good sized projects through the process from start to finish in a reasonable time frame. Uh, but we need to make that the norm. Uh, and very important to note uh, in defense of the DRC and defense of staff that one of the key factors is for a project getting through the process um, more quickly is the applicant. Is the applicant and their design team, how prompt are they? How comprehensive are they in responding uh, to comments from staff as well as comments from DRC? Uh, if the applicant is not responsive or timely in their responses, they are going to delay their own process. Today, uh, I would say that with street, the emergency streamlining ordinance in effect, uh, I am very comfortable saying that the DRC and HPC are not causing any unnecessary delays in the process. Right now, the uh, primary delays are with staff. Uh, we are understaffed, uh, number of vacancies, uh, and um, we are filling them, and that, that takes time. Uh, so it's important to note, with emergency streamlining in place, we think the boards are doing very well, and staff is the primary uh, issue. But we do still need to put permanent streamlining in place, because once emergency streamlining uh, expires, we would go back to the old processes. Next slide. I want to touch on the legal issues with the prior process. Um, this emergency streamlining addressed all of these. Uh, the first is piecemeal decision making. Uh, that is one board approves one part of a project. The item goes to another hearing and that board approves a different part of the project. But uh, if a member of the public attends the second meeting and wants to talk about something that was final at the first meeting, uh, we basically have to tell them, sorry, the other board actually already approved that. Um, we can't do anything about that. We don't think that's very good for uh, a public review process. There's also the potential for double appeals. While it has not happened, I think we, we have cases that, that happened during emergency streamlining that look like they probably would have had a double appeal uh, if not for the process being in place. Uh, and that is design review committee might approve the design that gets appealed because uh, there's a concern with some aspect of it, then uh, it goes to council, council acts on it, then the permit part goes to planning commission, and there's a good chance if somebody opposed the DRC part, uh, they would likely oppose the planning commission part. Uh, then lastly, duplicate secret determinations. Each final action um, needs to have a secret determination. And uh, by having multiple boards make multiple final actions, you could in theory have one project with two different boards of the city making two different actions on CEQA. Again, that didn't happen, uh, but it could with the way the process was laid out. 
And there was a section in the code that's referenced on the screen that specifically in 2002 specifically said, because of the concern of duplicative CEQA, uh, that if a project goes to multiple boards, uh, the final hearing should be for the whole item and everybody else becomes a recommending body. So emergency streamlining actually implemented what should have started in 2002, but looks like it, it, it never did. Next slide. So here's an example. Um, typical process before uh, the emergency streamlining ordinance. Uh, application would come in, it would go through internal review, it would go through a cycle of internal review until the application is complete and uh, put a icon of a car crash because uh, to the applicant, that's what it felt like. Uh, having to go round and around and around with staff. Um, again, this, was, this is all staff. This is the staff coordination issue. Then once the application is finally complete, sequence uh, is finalized, project goes to DRC for final action on the design review aspect. Uh, that is when noticing would occur uh, and from um, evidence on agendas and comments from past applicants, uh, DRC would normally go through a project multiple times and applicants would feel like, again, it was, it was kind of that car crash. Um, then once the design review is approved, it would go to planning commission and sometimes that would go to multiple hearings. Uh, so that's what the process was before. Again, DRC and uh, the final hearing would end up being uh, both needing sequel actions, both could be appealed, uh, and uh, there are legal issues with that, as I mentioned. Please click. So this is what the emergency streamlining process did and what is proposed for permanent streamlining. Uh, the application still comes in, goes through internal review, uh, you'll notice I made the, the cycle icon smaller because we're getting better at internal coordination. We're not where we want to be yet. Um, so there is still a bottleneck at the staff level. Uh, noticing occurs at this point, far before it ever occurred, uh, before emergency streamlining. Uh, and then the DRC, because they're making a recommendation, you can review the project before the CEQA is completely finalized. That makes sense because you may change what the project looks like. Uh, and um, doing the CEQA before that means we might have to redo the CEQA. Uh, so DRC actually gets to see the project sooner in the process. Uh, another notice happens for the DRC meeting, again, sooner than it used to be. And DRC, you've gotten through hearings pretty quickly. Most of the time, one hearing, I. There might have been one where there was more than one hearing, but I don't remember. Um, then it goes to a final hearing and um, uh, planning commission or a staff level hearing, and those have also not had to been repeated as often as in the past. So it's a shorter process. Uh, there is less of the of the of the applicant feeling that they have crashed. There's more noticing. Uh, and the legal issues are completely addressed in, in the streamlining approach. One thing I want to note, uh, something that I've observed with both DRC and HPC is maybe too much of a hesitancy to bring a project back. Uh, I want to 
make it very clear that uh, we don't want it to be the norm that projects come back for multiple hearings. Uh, but DRC, you don't have control over what the applicant brings forward, and you don't have control over the staff analysis. So if we miss something or the applicant doesn't have enough for you to make a, a recommendation, I want to make it very clear, it is okay to ask for it to come back. I think the goal is to get as many projects through without multiple hearings, but it shouldn't be viewed as that has to happen. The, 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 the primary goal is efficiency while maintaining quality, not just going as fast as we can. Next slide. So these are actual cases. These are all projects uh, that went through the process during emergency streamlining. These are all major projects. Uh, they all went to the exact same boards that they would have before emergency streamlining. The only change in these cases was that there was a single final decision maker, uh, which followed the 2002 council resolution and addresses the uh, legal issues. So DRC saw each and every one of these uh, and made recommendations on them to, to the final hearing. Now, of the six shown on the screen, two of them went to an administrative hearing. And the, and the reason for that, and the other four went to planning commission. The reason for that was the pre-streamlining ordinance says projects like these that don't have exceptions or major variances can go to an administrative hearing. So that was the reason why, why the tides in North Ventura apartments didn't go to planning commission uh, because the, the other projects uh, required planning commission review because of exceptions or other type of requirements like that. So, uh, but as I said, DRC saw all of these and um, uh, the permanent streamlining was drafted to make it so all of these type of major projects will still go to DRC uh, in every case. Next slide. These are the examples of projects that would have gone to DRC before emergency streamlining, but didn't go to DRC during emergency streamlining. These are facade changes in certain parts of the city. Uh, it's a sign program, uh, a duplex. Uh, all of these fully complied with the rules. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a case where under the permanent streamlining, uh, next slide please, these actually under the old process, Minor design review goes through this process, application, internal review, and then an administrative action. No notice, no hearing. The, the items on the prior slide were shifted to an administrative hearing, but as part of streamlining, next slide please, those six projects would go to minor design review. This is, I think, probably one of the most important topics uh, in streamlining for DRC to weigh in on. Please click. Under permanent streamlining, we're not changing the process for minor design review, but we are adding more things to minor design review. And so uh, that gets to the question of where should the line be drawn? Next slide. So right now, major design, well, 
under the proposed ordinance, major design review would be for any project that had added five or more units, added a new building, new non-residential building over 2,000 square feet, or added 25% to the size of any non-residential building. Minor design review would be adding less than five units, adding a non-residential building under 2,000 square feet, uh, or in addition to a non-residential building uh, of less than 25%. Those thresholds haven't changed. Uh, one of the things we want to ask DRC, should they? Um, the only thing that has changed between what is major and minor is that under the pre-emergency streamlining, certain facades and certain signs required major, and, and we are proposing that all facade changes site landscape changes that don't otherwise trigger major design review and signage would stay at minor design review. I want to be very clear. If a variance is involved, then there's automatically a hearing. For this minor design review we're talking about, that means they're fully compliant. Um, now, the major reason why we think this needs to, needs to be considered is that the fees for major design review are pretty hefty. Uh, there's two reasons for that. One is they're larger projects. And the second is a hearing adds costs. Uh, it costs the money, it costs the um, lot of staff time that the applicant has to pay for. Whereas a minor design review, items that need minor design review right now, their fees are between $300 and $900. Um, major design review, as I said, 9000 also, then you throw on noticing. So with standard noticing, without courtesy notices, courtesy notices being the, the extra notice added during emergency streamlining at the very beginning of, of, the, of the project, it's 650 without the courtesy notice. And when you throw in the courtesy notice, it, 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 it rises to 1,000. So this gets back to the, where should the line be? Um, the city can choose where it wants that line to be. And factors should be the significance of the project and the fact that uh, the fees are going to be very different for the two different types. Next slide, please. One key thing under the current ordinance and what's, what's proposed in streamlining is that the director can refer any minor design review for DRC for a recommendation. Uh, for lack of a better term, I call this a safety valve. This is uh, minor design review should not be something that is significant, but sometimes something comes up that might be. Uh, and so giving the director the authority to move something up is very common. Want to be very clear, permanent streamlining gives zero authority to the director to move any major design review down. So anything that qualifies for major design review in permanent streamlining goes to DRC, no matter what. The um, authority to refer is only to move minor design review to DRC for a recommendation. Next slide. So again, when we talk about minor design review, these are the type of projects we're talking about. This is what we wanna hear from DRC members do these need to go through a DRC meeting 
given the costs associated, is it is there value to the city compared to the cost to the applicant? Uh, also, do need to note the more of these that go to design review, uh, we might need more staff, uh, but that's something we can figure out once we get the DRC's recommendation. Next slide. Next. This is going to be hard to read on the screen. This is attachment D to the report. Uh, this is showing the changes to design review, major or minor, uh, from before streamline, emergency streamlining, with emergency streamlining, with the proposed ordinance, and notes. I only say we have this to refer to if you want to. Uh, just, just let us know. Next slide. Same thing for this. It's another table that's attached to uh, your staff report. This is... Uh, what body is the final decision maker? Again, it shows the before emergency streamlining with emergency streamlining and what's proposed. Also, by color shows what things go to hearing and what things do not. Again, we can come back to this and talk about it if, if the DRC would like to. Next slide. So switching topics from what is what the categories of design review are, uh, switch to the makeup of the DRC itself. Uh, on the left, uh, that's the text pretty much directly out of the code. Uh, two licensed architects or building design professionals, two more of a variety of, 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 of professions, and then one member of the development community that's a real estate professional, a developer contractor. We have some questions about that. We don't have a recommendation here, uh, but we have some questions. These are all out of the staff report. Um, as it's written, there could be four licensed architects. Um, might that be too many, given wanting to have a variety of, of, of these types? Is there a way to emphasize urban design experience? Um, likewise, along the lines with technically four licensed architects could be uh, on the board. Given the need for the variety of perspectives, would two landscape architects maybe be too many? Uh, we did have two in the past. Um, and then currently the rules would allow an interior designer, graphic designer, sign contractor, building contractor uh, on the design review. Do the members believe um, those from those professions would be able to help with the type of projects you're looking at? So again, we can come back to this slide for any of uh, DRC's comments. Next slide. This is the process for the ordinance. Um, more as an FYI, the Planning Commission is going to have a public hearing. Uh, it was going to be the 27th of October. It is now going to be the 3rd of November. Uh, the council tentatively is scheduled to uh, hold a public hearing on the streamlining ordinance on, on December 6th. Uh, if they adopt it there and have the first reading, then the second reading would be on, on the next week. And the, the rules for changing the permanent changes to the zoning ordinance will require an amendment to our local coastal program uh, that goes through a coastal commission process. Uh, that is why timing does matter in this case, because the emergency streamlining ordinance will expire uh, May 18th of 2022. Uh, 
uh, once it expires and if nothing else is in its place or it's not otherwise extended again, uh, then everything automatically goes back to the prior process. Even if you were in the current process and about to almost be done, you would jump back into the old process and um, that could be an issue you know, for some applicants. Amending the coastal, um, amending the local coastal program uh, is a time consuming process. Uh, we believe it will take a handful of months and therefore uh, the goal is to have council's hearing in December. Also council asked for it to be in December. So that is also why we are targeting that month. Um, also want to note that the parts of the ordinance that uh, DRC is looking at are the ones that municipal code says the DRC needs to recommend. Uh, the planning commission uh, has authority to recommend uh, most of the other parts of the ordinance changes that are happening. Uh, I, uh, changes to specific plans uh, and the processes in those areas. Uh, so the documents going to planning commission will be more than the documents that the DRC is looking at, as well as the documents the HDC is looking at tomorrow night. Council will receive all of it with, with everyone's recommendations and uh, make their decision. Next slide. So we had this slide in April and it hasn't changed. The, the public feedback we've gotten is that there's support for streamlining, uh, but many say it's not enough. Uh, they were hoping for more streamlining. Um, there is concern over the reduction in board authority. There's concern over the increase in the director's authority. Next slide. I wanna to touch on these. Um, so DRC would continue to see all these major projects. Any project adding five units, the 2,000 square feet non-residential and so on. Um, you become a recommending body for those because of the legal reasons and the 2002 council resolution. Uh, but you would see in staff's opinion, all the major projects. Uh, so from a standpoint of someone who hoped for more streamlining, yes, this is rather modest. Uh, now, if you are one who who is concerned about the loss of, of the board's authority, you will still see all these projects required. Next slide. Again, as noted, these are the ones that are really the change. Uh, these are the ones that DRC uh, would not be seeing and would go to minor design review. So this is where DRC authority is reduced. Uh, staff authority is increased. Um, I think the question comes back to, do these need to go to DRC in the DRC's view? And is the benefit to the community of having these go to hearings worth the cost to the applicants for these type of projects? Uh, staff believes that you're adding five plus units, you're doing other types of, of new construction over a certain point, yes. The, 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 the value to the community of making sure DRC sees it, making sure it goes to public hearings, that needs to happen. The question is, do these? And so we, we, we'd like to hear from DRC about that. As noted, as noted before, the line between major and minor design review, uh, council has complete authority over, they can decide where they want to put it. There's no state law involved. It, it's all, it's uh, all a, local, a local choice. Next slide. So I'm wrapping this up now. Uh, in closing, the, the point of streamlining 
is to address the legal issues with the prior process, is to have DRC review all major projects, to have HDC review all changes to identified or potential historic resources, to get the most out of available resources, to try to meet the industry standard timelines and the state mandated, mandated timelines, and to try to support the investment in the community to strengthen the, strengthen, the, strengthen the tax base. What streamlining is not intended to do is to result in accepting poorly designed projects or allowing historic resources to be lost. Uh, from staff's perspective, uh, streamlining will not stop design review or historic preservation. Uh, it's not a choice. It's not a case of whether we do it or not. It's a case of can we find a better way to do it with the limited resources we have? Next slide. With that, uh, we ask the DRC to provide a formal recommendation to the Planning Commission on the ordinance amendments to the sign regulations, which I haven't spoken to, but if you read through the document, I think you'll see they're pretty minor changes. Uh, and then to chapter, uh, the chapter on design review procedures, which is the more major changes. Uh, on the process, uh, as I've described in the slides. And then also, if you could provide staff with input on the changes to chapter 2.420, this is the design review, uh, the makeup of the design review committee and duties. Um, by municipal code, you don't, this is not required that you um, make recommendations on it, but we're asking nevertheless for DRC input on the makeup of the board and the duties. So with that, uh, available for any questions and uh, thank you for your time. Chair Adelman, do we have any public comment on this item? Chair Adelman, if you are speaking, you are muted. Okay, I think I'm unmuted. So yes. in terms of public comments, uh, we did receive two letters, I believe, from the public. We did, and that was sent as a supplemental packet and, and um, posted online. Okay, are there any members of the public that are interested in speaking? Chair Alzheimer, we do have two members of the public that would like to speak. The first speaker would be Wendy Sother, followed by Mark Sorota. Wendy, I've made you a panelist. You can start your camera and your mic. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. May I start now? Yes, you may. Thank you. Good evening. I hope you'll not that you will not side with staff regarding becoming a recommending body. I also disagree with the elimination of conceptual design reviews for the following reasons. The citizens of Ventura rely on your design expertise to assure we get good quality projects that fit with our community. In addition to buildings, this includes signs as well. 
Staff and or consultants don't have the expertise or local knowledge to perform these skill-based tasks. The matrix report has only one extremely high priority, that being the development of objective design standards. What's being recommended to you, i.e. matrix goal one, is high priority, but not at the level of design standards. If you look at the sample authority table noted on goal one, you'll see it shows DRC retaining decision authority over commercial renovation exterior and multifamily new construction. I'll read matrix one and four. Number one, upon updating the adopted codes, create a decision-making authority matrix that summarizes the respective roles of staff, boards, commission, and commission in the development review process. This authority table should be posted on the city's website, importance high. Recommendation four, develop and adopt new objective guidelines that specifically define excuse me, define the design elements that the city desires to regulate extremely high. I would also read this section of the matrix report staff is referring to as justification for reducing your authority. Please note that this is only one sentence on page 10 of a 100 plus page report that even remotely alludes to this. The one sentence never made it into text of any of the 57 matrix recommendations it seems at best this consideration should only be made after implementation of objective design standard, standards. The matrix report states, in order to simplify the process and to provide direction to both staff and the public, the planning division should simplify the process by proposing ordinance amendment, amendments that simplify the review process, including but not limited to reconsidering whether to retain the DRC and HPC or reduce their scope, end quote. It then goes on to say the planning division should develop a summary table that outlines by application type who has the recommendation and final decision-making authority. As I mentioned, the sample table shows the DRC retaining decision authority over commercial exterior, exterior and multifamily new construction. Why would matrix report put in a sample table that includes this if their intent was to take authority away? Thank you for all your efforts at keeping Ventura a great place to live and please vote no on this recommendation. Mr. Sirota, I've made you a panelist. You have control of your camera and mic. Very good, can you hear me? Yes, we can, please begin. Okay, thank you. Dear DRC members, as a confirmed Ventura resident, I encourage you to vote against the amendments proposed by the city to chapter 24.420 sign regulations, and these are important, and chapter 24.545 design review procedures for streamlining and other minor amendments. Your valued experience and time that you have selflessly volunteered is a major defense against Ventura losing its unique character that we all love. The arguments that are being made to relegate a DRC to a recommending uh, body permanently and to minimize the RC's scope of influence, including signage, are not valid. First point, the streaming efforts are 100% focused on the planning hearing process, even though a majority of the frustration is associated with the construction permitting process for which little is being done. Point two, the staff report mentions five top issues that require attention. In the order of priority, they are poor internal staff coordination within and between departments, 
Two, boards going beyond their scope and not working with staff. Three, complicated processes that are difficult to document or explain for staff and applicants. Four, piecemeal decision-making that results in, in potential legal issues. And five, standards and guidelines that need revisiting. Staffing is only identified as a note, even though there are four out of 11 open planner positions. 36% fewer planners than, planners than required to accomplish the work in a timely manner. In addition, the staff report states that only issues two through four need to be formally addressed. The report indicates that progress has been made on issue number one, but there are no details. In either case, issues one through four and staffing are largely management issues and not issues related to DRC's scope or authority. Issue, uh, issue three, topic three, point three, excuse me. Issue five addresses, addresses the matrix report one and only extremely high priority, that being to develop objective design standards. Yet the staff report states that staff disagrees with this finding. Quote, staff believes the biggest issue with DRC was that DRC received uh, poorly provide packages, staff and DRC did not work together, and some members of the DRC misused their authority. Again, all management issues, but the staff report misses the point that the matrix uh, report is making. I'll speak to that next, but I'd like to add that the matrix report comment on windows and wall finishes wasn't to say that these are outside the scope of the DRC, but rather there aren't objective design standards available to make a quick decision, quick and easy decision. Point four, the staff report also states, quote, the council has prioritized streamlining first. Once streamlining is adopted, staff will recommend to the city council to prioritize improving the standards and guidelines. Mr. Serretta, your three minutes have expired. Very good, thank you. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public that are scheduled or requested to speak? Chair Antelman, we do not. Okay, um, I'm wondering, I'd like to request staff to maybe respond to uh, uh, what we just heard from two members of the of our city. Sure. Um, the first is uh, that, as I stated in the presentation, uh, I fully admit, and we wrote in the in the written report on purpose that yes, right now, the issue because we have streamlining the emergency streamlining ordinance in place, right now. The staff vacancies are the primary reason uh, that there's delay. It is not the DRC. But the important thing to know is with emergency streamlining ordinance in place, the boards are not the main reason why there are delays. Uh, that speaks directly to the need to put those uh, aspects of emergency streamlining into a permanent ordinance, which was the council goal. Uh, on the issue of guidelines, uh, the matrix report also gave timeframes and they recommended the things streamlining they gave it a time frame before objective design guidelines and also as i noted uh, the lead-in text to the reason why matrix decided that it was so important to update the guidelines was because of a view that uh, drc was being subjective as i reported uh, and as i think you all know haven't been subjective uh, in a notable manner for quite some time. Therefore, the main reason Matrix identified the need uh, 
uh, our, us all working together has actually addressed. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need to update our, our standards. Absolutely. Uh, it's just that that's next on the list. Um, I wasn't able to make out a lot of what the second speaker said. Uh, he was a little muffled, but uh, if the DRC member has a specific question about uh, something he said, I, I'm happy to try to answer it. Okay, then uh, I'd like to ask the members of the DRC, uh, maybe we'd start with Daniel. Uh, do you have any questions or concerns that you'd like to address the staff? No, I'd probably just go point by point, but I'll, I'll let um, um, the next member talk. So I, I think there's a couple of items we should just all probably go and address line by line. Okay. Tony, any comments? Sure. Um, I have I have kind of a long list of, of items here that um, uh, I, I think there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I, while I don't disagree that uh, some type of reform in our design review process is absolutely necessary and one of the reasons why I was interested in joining DRC, um, I don't know that this uh, that this proposal uh, really gets at the heart of what my concerns would be as a practitioner, as someone who is well familiar with the design review process, uh, both uh, in the city and in other jurisdictions. Um, uh, and so I, I think a lot of my questions and comments are, are uh, probably going to steer in that direction overall. Um, one of my overarching concerns, I think, um, I know that that uh, the staff resources are, uh, con you know, have been brought up as as a potential concern, um, and and sort of a bottleneck uh, in this process. Um, a couple of my initial questions relating to staff's internal review. One item I've I've uh, I've heard anecdotally um, is that. Um, you know, staff providing design comments on an incomplete letter during that review uh, are sometimes taken. Um, sometimes it's unclear of how to take those. Are these requirements, are they incomplete requirements um, that we must, uh, you know, respond to or, or uh, meet, or are they recommendations? And in an incomplete letter, uh, those recommendations are sometimes not the appropriate places for um, uh, for those types of comments, whereas you're really trying to, or at least staff should be focused on making sure that they can make their environmental review uh, based on the information provided. Um, so, Peter, can you speak to um, sort of how staff approaches those? Uh, I think that gets back to the concern with re uh, reducing the concept or removing the, co the concept design um, entirely from this proposal. Yes, I'm happy to talk about that. First, um, the, we're proposing to remove the text about conceptual design review uh, because if you read it, it actually doesn't say anything. It says you can have a meeting and none of it has any meaning. We don't need an ordinance to say that we can, uh, if an applicant wants to come to DRC for conceptual, 
that we can do that. Uh, we purposely left uh, comments in the document to kind of give the uh, explanation on some of these things. And for that, I said, we will have a conceptual process. It'll be voluntary like what is listed. Exactly how it will work will be a future conversation staff will want to have with DRC. But a conceptual process is a procedural item, not an ordinance item. So there, there will be conceptual review. And we've talked uh, as a, a group already, what should that look like? And what should be required? Uh, one of the recommendations of Matrix is uh, that the current process, which again, isn't even in the ordinance, but it was a procedure required too much information that, and so if, if DRC believes that current section should stay in there, uh, you should make that your recommendation. Uh, we're still gonna recommend to council to come out because in the end, it actually has no meaning. Uh, but I wanna make it very clear. We intend and expect to have conceptual design review. It will be optional and voluntary as, as it currently is. One thing that I've seen in, in other jurisdictions is uh, a concept review uh, as part of the requirements before the, uh, an application may be deemed complete in order to capture some of those comments. Is that something, and maybe um, um, Mr. Heglin can, can speak to that, is that something that could be possible? Uh, is it legally advisable uh, given the constraints with the five hearings for projects subject to Housing Accountability Act? Well, I don't think um, the this would be a voluntary hearing. Are you are you suggesting that it would be a mandatory hearing? Correct. Yeah, unless the uh, unless the project was exempted from that requirement, it's possible that could be counted as one of the hearings uh, towards the five. But it, there are some exceptions to that general rule, so it might be project dependent. I'm just thinking if the if the goal if staff's goal is to get uh, public input early in the process and to provide some design feedback to clients early in the process before their applications are are deemed complete and the CEQA is is completed, um, I, I continue to believe that design review committee is the appropriate body to to make those or or HBC in the case of um, historic resources. Um, one other question that I had was, uh, do we have a sense of kind of maybe the total number annually of projects that require either major or minor design review uh, with no other discretionary approval attached? If, if I could answer one of your prior questions first, uh, on the issue of incomplete letters and design comments, uh, we could legally only give incomplete letter, in, incomplete comments, and then wait until they're complete before we give them any design feedback. But we don't think that's good customer service. Now, I think you make a good point. We need to be very clear in our documents. These are the things you need to have a complete application. These are the things we think you need to work on on your design in order to meet our guidelines, get approved. Uh, so. Just wanted to touch on that. Um, the number, uh, and once we do do the objective standards, you know that's going to actually change quite a bit. Where 
that the design review is going to be more of a checklist. Sure. Uh, difference between major and, 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 and minor design review, um, we, we don't have a lot of numbers um, for projects that only needed major design review because those are normally always going to trigger some type of plan development permit or coastal development permit. Um, they may often have an exception or warrant or, or something. So uh, in my opinion, things that trigger major design review are pretty much always going to go to two hearings. Um, for the minor, the minor design review are the ones that, that a lot of them may just be just minor design review. Like the, the sign program, for example, it was just a minor design review. It didn't have any other aspect. Important to note with the proposed streamlining, uh, if there is, if a minor design review also has some other permit that requires a hearing, then all of it goes to that hearing. So, um, fortunately, we don't have specific numbers there. And um, let's see, are you anticipating um, adding any findings related to um, objective design standards or compliance with kind of the findings in Housing Accountability Act as part of the findings for design approval? Uh, at this point, the only recommended changes to the findings um, are what is shown in the attachment and uh, like in the case of the topic of compatibility, which is of course very non-objective, uh, we, we did add the word reasonably to make sure it's, it's, it's very well emphasized to the decision makers that uh, you know, compatibility, we need to be reasonable in our determination of compatibility, but until we actually fully implement uh, the objective standards, we're not recommending um, further changes to the findings. Okay. But if you have suggestions, we're happy to hear them. I guess, you know, one of the concerns that I've, I've had is that, um, you know, our purview or ability to affect projects uh, is at times limited because of these, uh, these state laws. And uh, if we can get above board with some of those and incorporate those into our findings, um, you may not run into the case as much where, um, you know, a, a board, whether it's DRC or planning commission or, or, or uh, HPC may have trouble grappling with making the findings for approval of design review. Um, when sort of the, their hands are tied with with respect to you know being a, the limited discretion that they have under Housing Accountability Act or other state laws, um, and that's uh, I think challenging for both uh, for board members um, to to understand as well as members of the public um, to understand as well, and so I think if we can somehow incorporate those into our our ordinances um, that may may help everybody get a little bit more familiar with those um, so that they're they're not a surprise when they come up yeah and i think when the objective standards are done uh, 
it will be a time to look at, at I mean, the finding about compatibility will probably simply go away. Because in theory, you meet the objective standards. That's all it is. Plus, more things are going ministerial with the state, and thus there, it, there wouldn't even be findings to be made. Understood. I, I think um, no matter how great of objective standards we, end, we ultimately create, there are going to be instances where not every uh, project meets those objective standards. Um, and then understanding what the process is to, to approve in those cases um, and what each design board or uh, planning commission's purview is in those circumstances, I think will be, be very important. Yeah, and, and um, that is something council actually asked us to look at particularly with exceptions was, uh, can we adjust the exceptions process um, to try to get improvements in the design, improvements out of projects that ask for exceptions. So that is uh, going to be going forward to planning commission that just isn't in the design review procedures. Okay. And our warrants, uh, remind me, are those traditionally a, a uh, design review approval? On warrant, uh, there's kind of two flavors of, of uh, prod, uh, application types that have variation from the regulations. Uh, there's variances, and then there's the warrants and exceptions. And so in the, uh, the permanent streamline, there's going to be minor variances and major. Uh, we currently have administrative variances and major. And the idea is the things that were major are going to stay major. Those go to planning commission. Um, the things that are minor would stay at the, at the staff level hearing. On the form-based codes, it's warrants and exceptions. Exceptions will uh, currently and would continue to all go to planning commission. And warrants would continue to be able to be acted on at a, at a staff level hearing. Okay. Um, and I apologize, I, I do have a few more questions here as well that I'd like to, to get to. Um, the question of minor design review, um, one concern that I have is uh, projects doing piecemeal improvements over time and uh, kind of going under the minor design review category. Uh, is there any way that we can add uh, some language in here that would um, uh, that somehow eliminate that. So, like uh, uh, when a project might might currently propose um, a twenty percent increase in the size of a non-residential building. But last year they did a 15%. Correct. Uh, yes, I think we might be able to come up with something for that. Uh, um, because yes, the, if, if, if someone's going to come in and do like a, a little bit here, a little bit here, and it adds up to something that's, that's major, then uh, yes, that we should be able to find a way to refer that up. The other thing is, because the director can refer any minor to DRC, 
if someone did do that, that would be kind of a very clear case of, of um, uh, electing to send it to DRC. Okay. We, I think we can also put in something that makes it uh, more of a certainty. Okay. Um, so it sounds like there's not too many circumstances where a major design review uh, would be the only discretionary approval uh, associated with the project, but in in theory there could be something. Um, in in those circumstances, I I do continue to believe that uh, DRC would be the appropriate body to to act on those. Um, and in coordination with staff, I, I don't think it's too much to, um, you know, to ask if, if, uh, if a, in those cases, especially, it's very likely that it would be like CEQA exempt. And so there wouldn't be, you know, some complicated, um, you know, environmental document associated with it. Um, I don't think that it would be unreasonable for, for DRC to to be able to act on on those cases based on the concerns raised in in the presentation for minor design review and for some of the um, uh, images and projects that you shared um, I, I do believe again that that design review would uh, should re be reviewing those although I understand the need for uh, perhaps not a um, uh, for a, a lower or lesser tier um, of, of project. And I'm also wondering if there may be a way rather than doing full board, um, if some of those types of projects could be brought perhaps on like a consent calendar or something like that, where um, it would be a, a smaller um, uh, group of DRC members or something like that that could, uh, could review and act on, on those. That, uh, as I said, the line between what comes to DRC and, and, and what, what's major and minor, it can be moved. Uh, if an item is noticed and has to come to DRC, it's going to cost significant amounts of money to the applicant. And those would not require, or I, I guess, why is the, why is the noticing lesser than for, uh, for a, you know, is it the administrative hearing officer or is it just a director level, no, no public hearing uh, type of so, approval? So minor design review has no hearing. Thus there and, is no notice. And that's not an appealable action? It is actually appealable. So how would people be notified that that decision is going to be made? I think the appeal rights for minor design review assumes if the if the applicant is feels that uh, the action was was inappropriate, uh, the fact it does not have a hearing and does not have noticing, uh, the the assumed intent is that the council uh, who originally adopted these rules uh, did not believe it needed to be something that the public needed to be aware of. If that's changed, again, the the, the line can change, noticing can change. You're just adding cost to the applicant. Okay, but why why does it have to be? I think what Tom Tom is asking is why why can't there be an interstitial between the the nine three to nine hundred dollar fee and nine thousand? Why would the report or why would the staff time or why would our time take as long as long if it's just a simple facade change? 
like right recently we, listing that major design review in our fee schedule is nine thousand. So that doesn't mean that uh, other types of fees could could uh, uh, be found, but it's going to be a lot more than three hundred to nine hundred. And we charge a flat rate in the city of Ventura. We don't do like the cost recuperation recuperation. We are talking about doing uh, the the hourly cost for uh, large projects, um, uh, you know, twenty unit housing projects, fifty thousand square feet of non residential. Those are the types that we we are going to be looking at doing that uh, in the next fee study. So maybe there could be a. Um you know, administrative kind of three tiers administrative design review, which much of these uh, really small projects would would fall into um, a minor and maybe that's at the director level um, a minor design review, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, a mid tier um, in between the 9000 and the $300 fee level. Um, and then the major design review. Uh, and I, I also just my last comment that I'll make and I'll, I'll hand the mic um, is that I, I understand the need to not have dual um, uh, kind of two different decision making bodies making a final action. Um, so in the cases where there is an, another decision making body associated with some other type of land use approval. Uh, I'm comfortable with DRC being a recommending body in those circumstances. I think it's just for the the, the cases where there isn't another um, approval or approving body involved that um, I think DRC should remain involved. Thank you, Chair. Daniel, you want to? Make any comments, or do you want? I mean, yeah. If we're if we're going to comment, I would like to. I think Peter asked several specific questions, um, and I would maybe just like to start from the beginning and review those. Sure. Um, I don't. I don't know where you want to start, but I'm looking at attachment A right now, and I, I think one of my question, maybe more so, is based on the old, um, before the streamlined ordinance, there was a five unit plus. And that seems like a very arbitrary number when accessibility, correct me if I'm wrong, hits in after four units. So it seems like we would want to start, the reason you want to have an architect even look at this thing, is you, you can look at accessibility for the four, four unit or the fourth unit. So I don't know where that five unit came or why, why that became the threshold or if you possibly know why the five became the threshold for, for um, DRC units as opposed to four. Uh, we don't. Uh, but I would just say that um, um, there is a threshold when it's single family units that make that the five number made sense because that was tied to uh, a track map. Uh, but again, the, the threshold is what it was and uh, feedback on changes are, are, are welcome. Yeah, I just don't like, I, I mean, I guess you have to have some kind of threshold, but 2000 square feet, you know, why 25% non-residential? I mean, why? Um, 
it just seemed it just seems arbitrary and i know that it just has to you kind of just have to pick something um but my main concern on on this on this um on what we're seeing right in front of us right now is the minor design review as facade and there's nothing that can dictate a city's character faster than what the facades look like uh so i i have i have major concerns about you know, being able to change facades on any building and changing the character, you know, in a, in a sense, it's a, it's a stage set, how a city's made is the way we design facades, right? So by changing those or having, having nobody, no, no outside besides the city staff internally look at those, I, I, I think that's a, I think that's kind of a mistake in the, in the long term, you know, looking a hundred years past. And I know we're trying to, trying to balance you know the needs of today versus like what this what's the needs of the city are in the next 100 200 years um but i, I would just be i would be careful in particular with the facade changes not going through a drc review um and i think that's almost based on on location too i know we talked about this like downtown corridors um those major changes is, is one kind of area and and you know there's other places that don't matter as much but there's some discretion involved um so that's all I would say. All I would say with facade changes um, on on that. Daniel, do you recall the facade change uh, on the corner of California Street and Main Street, and that would be on the south east corner, where that was all blocked in, uh, no windows. Uh, that's since been changed, but that's probably a good example of what you're talking about. I'm, sit, I'm sitting on the corner of California and Maine. Yeah, I think there's a city restaurant. There was one that's there right now, but that used to be all completely blocked in with no windows. Right. So I think that's an excellent example of what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I come on with this. I don't know if you want to guys go line by line item, but um, or Peter, how how you want us to kind of answer some of your questions better? I know there's still you know there's still kind of a lot out there. Committee member Salty, may I ask a follow up question? Because yeah, sure. Currently under the code, um, a paint change like the Tapello Honey Salon facade that triggered DRC review, where they were mm -hmm. just painting their building. Um, there have been other projects where somebody's added a side access door. Technically, that's mm -hmm. a facade change that requires DRC review. Somebody's switching out, you know, um, dilapidated awnings or changing out their awning color or style that requires DRC review. There's a lot of cases like that, or somebody's adding a railing um, to enclose for an alcohol use permit their patio area. Mm -hmm. These are the most common facade changes that we are seeing occurring. Um, is the intent that those type of things are coming to DRC? I think it really depends on the project. Like it sounds superficial, but railings matter. Placement of doors matter. Um, it, and it's one of those things that it, it is. It, it's a. It's a. It's a project by project process, right? And do you, if you guys as the city want to take all that on. I mean, part of the reason DRC is here is the, to so you guys don't have to sit there and decide what should and shouldn't be reviewed, right? I mean, so 
I mean, that's why I think one of the comments that Tony made was maybe there needs to be a a smaller contingency of the DRC that could quickly review those those items and see, yeah, maybe they can go through or no, you know. So it doesn't have to just be on staff. That there is a public process. That there's a public hearing on those on those kind of items, um, or at least somebody from the community is actually looking at that. And so for like again, looking at the at, you know the city in 200 years, yeah, it's, those things matter. The railings matter. It all it all it all matters urbanistically eventually. And so it's just how do we ma maintain the best city possible for for the future? And that's that's my main concern. Um, is probably the the longer outlook. Even though my pr profession might be slowed down a bit, I, I think it it matters as as a community member and as as you know as a, as an architect and a designer. Fine, and I want to comment on that as well. DRC is talking about one particular line. Uh, we're going to have the same conversation with HPC on their line and and a PC. Uh, in the yellow box, the director can refer any minor design review to DRC for a recommendation. That's that's the safety valve. Now. Um, the the problem with moving the line is how do you make it so that the things that should move through can and the ones that should get more attention do uh, and as it is now uh, we have received many more complaints about facades having to spend significant money and go through a hearing process, uh, then we've had the opposite happen. Uh, now, again, the line can be wherever it needs to be, uh, but the process we're proposing gives the flexibility that if something is unusual, uh, it can be referred up. One option is uh, define certain cases where if uh, for example, if if staff cannot find that this proposal will not have a negative impact or something, then it the minor design review will be routed to DRC for a recommendation. Again, the goal is to let the things that don't need the hearings avoid them while capturing the ones that do need the hearings. Right. Now I would agree with I would agree with that that you know, we, nobody wants to be wasting staff's time or or DRC's time, right? I have, I have a family, I have a practice. I don't want to look at things I that don't matter, right? So, um, but there, I there is a concern, you know, about. So, what if our next director is not as good as you are, Peter? Right? I mean, we're putting a lot of power into into a position where, you know, we may not always have a the, a competent person at the helm. Um, so, I can say I, that likewise. Would be, that what would be my last year. Like exactly. we said a few years ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. We're reliant on getting good people. Right. In in all of our spots. Right. So I think that would be my concern for them. I don't know what the answer is, and I under, I understand what your what your point is. Okay. Okay, Daniel, if you have, if you don't have any more questions, I do have some concerns and questions. 
And maybe I'd like to use a slightly different format. Uh, I'll ask the question. Hopefully I can get an answer from staff. And then if any of the DRC members want to chime in uh, afterwards, uh, you're more than welcome. So I can't tell whether uh, I'm part of the meeting. Am, am I still yeah, muted? We can or? hear you. We okay. can hear you. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, the first, first thing I'd like to note is I'm kind of disappointed in the amount of time that we've had to consider this. Uh, five days is not very much time to go over all the information that's been presented. Um, I don't know how the other members feel about this, but uh, I think I could have at least used another week of time I could have spent on this. Yeah, more time would have been better. There's there's a lot to read. Okay. Uh, secondly, I'd, I'd like to address fees. Um, how do we compare with maybe the two other jewels of the Central Coast, Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo? Are our fees higher? Are they lower? You know, do our fees need to be raised so we can get some more planners on board? Is that an issue? So our fees are based on the amount of time we believe the project takes. And so um, there's, there's no raising the fee because we need a little more to get more staff. It's the fee is what we, what we believe the cost will be. Now, uh, earlier topic was, was discussed uh, going more on an hourly based, which is in itself very time intensive to track. But big projects in particular can vary incredibly with the amount of time they take. Uh, and thus, that's where we're targeting um, going hourly based because if there's a big project that is, has, is super complicated taking three times as much staff time, well, they should pay for that staff time they're using. Whereas if there's a project that's just average and is going through well, those, um, should only pay for the time they're using. The thing with the base fees is the, the model assumes an average amount of time uh, and uh, the finance department would not be in favor of putting too many fees uh, on an hourly basis. Um, uh, so, and then as to whether our fees are higher or lower than other, other areas, uh, I don't know. Uh, we could look into that, but I think the um, we don't know how much st staff time is used in other areas, uh, so that's always going to be part of the fee calculation. Okay, maybe something to look at, because if you had higher fees, you'd have more money, you could hire more planners, and uh, you'd be able to accomplish more work. So maybe it, it is something to consider. Um, any DRC members have any comments on fees? Okay, I'll move on to my uh, next question. Uh, uh, just, I had one other comment on fees. I saw, um, I believe it was perhaps in the staff report, but the fees for noticing, um, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think a thousand dollars for noticing is is pretty ridiculous. Um, a big chunk of that is those big white signs that we have to go out and get a sign company to install. Um, uh, on site, and so I, I there's certainly cheaper options um, for signs that 
that can do the job uh, that um, those more expensive signs are are doing. So um, I would I would ask the city. Go ahead. I can correct that. I don't believe those those signs are paid for by the applicant. Those aren't part of the noticing fee. The noticing fees are for the newspaper and for the mailed notice. It's a thousand dollars just for the newspaper and mailed notice. Well, if it's six fifty without courtesy notices, so that means the newspaper notices for the hearings plus the mail notice for the hearings. Doing the courtesy notice at the very very beginning uh, adds more onto that because it's more mail notice. Yeah. So that's another. To council is going to be uh, also that we only do courtesy notices for the larger projects because if if it's really small, the noticing starts to get to be too big of a proportion of the entire cost of, of fees. But again, it'll be a, a council decision based on uh, how much cost they want to put on our applicant. Understood. And those, yeah, so those signs are an additional uh, significant expense, especially yep. for minor design reviews. Netta, we don't do the signs for minor design reviews, those, those big signs, right? Oh, right. It's not, it's not noticed in those cases. Right. Is that correct? Exactly. Meaning no signposting either for that. Okay. I've got more questions. Uh, Peter, you mentioned that these changes were to benefit uh, the applicants and improve efficiency. How do these changes uh, uh, benefit the citizens of Ventura? The us trying to do a process that takes more staff time and uh, makes a project. Uh, we hear stories projects taking like a decade to get through the process. Um, that's a waste of taxpayers' money. The the the, pro the projects that went through hearings upon hearings upon hearings, and people are still complaining about what what's being built. Uh, you got to look at was value actually received. Uh, I think that the projects that's under emergency streamlining that your group has looked at, uh, I think you made every one of them better. Uh, not clear that that happened in the past. Uh, we are in a housing housing crisis. Uh, last decade, uh, only 2.2% of our housing uh, stock was added. Uh, in the decade that had World War II, we did more. Just think about that. In the decade that we had to put all of our resources towards a world war, more houses, more of the percentage of our houses in town got built than last decade. Uh, so everyone who is struggling finding affordable housing, our process is a big reason for that. Uh, being able to pay the bills, being able to provide public services, uh, that re relies on on uh, the tax base being strengthened, people being able to invest in their property uh, and have it go through the process in a reasonable amount of time that they can actually invest uh, and, and build. Uh, our budget shows that costs are rising faster than revenues. That's why councils prioritize streamlining. Uh, in a perfect world, we do major design review for everything. No question. We'd have plenty of staff, uh, be able to check everything off. Uh, 
there are some who believe we don't have enough firefighters, we don't have enough police officers, we don't have enough anybody. Um, and staff, we have to look at that whole picture and give council recommendations on what we need to do to make the community as a whole work. Uh, and so we can keep providing the services that the public relies on without doing cuts. Uh, so all of those are why streamlining is going to make the community much better. And if I could add as well, um, you know, with the finite amount of planners we have, even if we have more planners, the uh, public hearing process is and planning entitlement is a portion of what the planners do. We do help customers at the counter, inquiry, single family residents who just want to do additions, expansions, we review plan checks. And so um, every efficiency we make here, we're able to take that time and use it to help other customers who aren't going through a hearing process. So for us, uh, taking a project through six hearings, the time spent taking it through all of those hearing processes as that is saved can be applied to other th other things like helping additional customers. Also, because um, this process has taken so much of the planners time, uh, you know, long range items or long term planning items uh, that could be done to benefit the whole community public engagement, updating our codes, making things easier, applications, things things like that that benefit everyone involved, uh, there's less time for those things. And certain tasks that staff has wanted to do for a long period of time have, have not risen to the priority because these things continue to take the precedent in time. And so it's looking at all of the resources we have in terms of staff and trying to find efficiencies so we can do more and take on more tasks that the community is asking for that we haven't been able to accomplish because we don't have those staff time and resources. So all of the, the time savings isn't just for the community benefit of these projects, but all the other things that we can do and spend our time on that, um, that touch everyone in the community. I was thinking more of quality of life. You, you feel that these changes will improve the quality of life for the residents of the city? I, I have a counter question of the projects that went through the emergency streamlining ordinance. Do you see any that are going to reduce the quality of life? Well, feedback that I get, and you probably get the same thing, is more traffic, more water consumption, uh, more height. Uh, those are all issues that uh, the people corner me on when they find out I'm a member of the DRC. And, and those are issues, but they're not really design review issues. I, particularly with housing, uh, if our ordinances allow it, we have to allow it. Um, major design review, DRC review is gonna happen for every project that adds five units, maybe four if, 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 if you recommend that move. So you're gonna see all those projects. We're really talking about the minor ones and where that line should be where these smaller projects needing to go through a process that takes more time and costs them more money. Uh, and and as I said, if, if the resources were there, um, it, it absolutely would be fabulous to be able to bring every item uh, to that makes a physical change to the DRC. 
that we have to figure out where the line should be. Um, so uh, you think it should be exactly the way it was before emergency streamlining? That should be your recommendation. Okay, uh, when these minor reviews are done, who, who does them? Uh, what, what staff members and are these staff members residents of the city of Ventura or, or not? There is no job requirement in the city that that we live here. Okay, uh, I would feel I would feel personally more comfortable with that person who is making decisions about my community actually lived in the community. Uh, so, I mean, if I can make that a requirement, I would. That wouldn't be legal. <laughs> Maybe not, but uh, you know, can make I, that decision. Can I comment on on that? Um, I think I understand the sentiment and idea there, but it's also um, making the comment or the sentiment that professionals that are hired to do their job based on their degree, education, experience, and talents can't do that just because they don't live here in the city. And uh, there's other factors of things that we are tackling here. What if an employee can't afford to live here in the city? What if an employee can't afford to or can't is unable to find a place to live in the city? I think there's lots of factors there. And I think I just um, give the counter of thinking about what we're saying about the the job requirements and experience and education. We're asking of these professionals that we're discrediting because they're not residents that that's a concern to think about on the other side as well. So members of the DRC and the planning commission, they have to be residents of the city, correct? Or work here, right? This is currently written, yes. I think you could just work here. Correct me if I'm wrong. And there are some residents. You have to be, I thought it was an and or. You have to be a resident. Okay, sorry. Who work to, to be, but currently for planning commission, DRC, HPC, and most of the other boards, it's it's it, yes, you do have to be a resident. Got it. Okay. Um, next question: Transparency. Is this going to increase or de decrease transparency compared to compared to the existing system? Will the public have the same amount of transparency, less transparency, more transparency? Well, uh, Netta, can you go back to the original uh, the slide with the two processes? So, uh, before streamlining, um, the only time you you would for certain know about the project is when it was going to DRC for a, for a hearing at the very end. Um, now, if it went to six hearings, then yeah, you'd get six notices. With uh, virtually streamlining and uh, and with permanent streamlining, we increase the noticing. So, uh, and it happens earlier. Uh, in all the cases where there, there's the, the, the major design review projects, uh, we are gonna recommend the courtesy notices stay for anything with major design review and, and, and up. And so there will be more noticing of, of the larger projects. Can you shift to the minor design review slide? Yeah, 
And so the before streamlining, minor design review had no hearing, no notice. We are not changing that, but we are changing the types of things that qualify. So for those projects, can you go to the one that shows the six smaller projects? For these projects, uh, there would there would not be noticing. Whereas before streamlining, there would have. So okay. overall, for the big projects, a lot more noticing. For the smaller projects, there will be less. Okay, um, I have a few more concerns, and that's lack of feedback. Uh, I've been a resident of the city for 43 years. I've been a member of the architectural review board, the historic uh, board, the code appeals board, and now the DRC. And uh, I don't think, I can't recall ever getting any feedback from anyone telling, telling me or members of my committee that you're doing a good job or you're doing a bad job. Um, I've been at meetings where we've given staff compliments for their work, but I, I just don't, Recall receiving any feedback, uh, Daniel? Do you recall receiving anything, or Tony, in terms of uh, the work that we do? I, I would say more important than feedback. You're doing a good or bad job. Some of these, some of what's on this list right now, I feel like sometimes we give recommendations and we're not getting feedback about what was actually approved. So when we were on the, when I was previously on Public Arts Commission, we would get updates when when projects had been approved and then ongoing kind of at least like a an update on how the project proceeded through even construction and so one of my comments it's hard to make recommendations when you're not when you're not seeing what actually the final is and then what the actual outcome is um, based on those recommendations so that would be one of the things i'd want more is is kind of the, the loop to come back to us so then we can make more appropriate comments in the future otherwise we're just talking inside of a box right I think you got a good point because I know I, I've been on committees where we've approved uh, equipment screens and the buildings get built and the equipment screens never go up. So it really would have been beneficial to see that building once it you know, received a certificate of occupancy to see if we actually got what we approved. So I, I don't know if that's something that can be done uh, for for the DRC. To have that feedback, we can absolutely the give case you of feedback on uh, what happens to the recommendations. Uh, that certainly certainly can be done. Uh, we have stated pretty clearly to council uh, and and the boards in over the past couple of years that uh, there's not a lot of capacity for anything, and uh, we have admitted that we are not going to be able to give as much attention to the boards. Uh, we think we're coming out of that streamlining is going to help that because we're going to have more time. So I think we definitely can commit to giving feedback on what happens to. Uh, to the projects after after the after the DRC meeting. You know, I'm just thinking of a slide saying this project has received a certificate of occupancy and have a picture of it. Um, I think that would be beneficial that we, we would know. That uh, all the effort we put into this, as well as staff, uh, was positive. That it actually it worked and benefited the community. Sure, we can we can provide regular update. Apologies, we can 
provide regular updates of what went through the hearing process and, and what occurred and um, things that are in construction. We also do that as well on our development map um, that's online, that's publicly accessible. We do um, put on there updates to projects that went through the hearing process, where it is in the process, um, when they're under, const under construction, so um, the public can see as it moves through the process. Right, so, um, okay. so I, I actually walked a few jobs, sorry for the nuance, but, um, and there was poorly designed gutter and downspouts on them that were constructed, and I know Albert would have <laughs> not approved that, right? So I was kind of really disappointed to see some of that on this on the new projects that happened. So I, see, I feel like some of the recommendations we're making aren't being picked up um, in, in that particular. Well, one point is one of the major developments, uh, I asked the question about the gutters and downspouts and collectors, and the applicant said, oh, it's going to be all internal. Now the building's up and it's all external. So sometimes they're being told things and they're not coming th through. Uh, even in that new Aldi's, I'd asked about the gutter at the entrance, uh, and I was told by the architect it would be there. It's not there now. When it rains, people walking into that building are going to get showered with water. So um, there's no follow through. Uh, I have one comment about the McDonald's about the uh, pole that's at the drive through and it's so close to the curb that cars hit it. And I was told by the architect, we will move that. Well, it's never been moved. So there, there's a lot of things where there's a failure to follow through. One well, important point is that a comment made by a DRC member that's not put into the recommendation or made a condition is just a comment. And so if there are things that uh, you want to make as clear conditions of approval, uh, that needs to be set. Uh, because when we're in DRC meetings, oftentimes each of you says a variety of things, um, but you don't always come back together and say, then yes, that needs to be in the project. Um, in, 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 in the cases of design details, uh, that is something that we need to come up with, 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 that needs to be in some type of standard, not the objective design standards, but some type of standards that uh, for construction um, so that the, the plan reviewers have that. Uh, well, so the combination of those things, I think, can help that in the future. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They probably should have been put into the approval process, but it would be great to have a three ring binder called the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, if you want to, you know, have some objective uh, information about what we consider to be good design. Uh, but you're right uh, that those issues should have been addressed in the approval process. Um, another issue, um, when I came on board and this would apply for all four committees, I was told there was going to be training. And in fact, when I started DRC, I was asked if I was familiar with form-based design. And I said, I had a basic understanding of it. And staff says, well, don't worry, you're going to get training on form-based design. Um, I've also suggested that since we uh, tend to notice a lot of ADA issues during the design review, that possibly we get some training in that area and just keep us up to date. Uh, something that's never come to fruition. Uh, is this something that the current staff uh, is thinking about? You know, are, are, are committees 
going to get some type of training, even on how how to participate or how to hold a meeting. Uh, it just seems you come into it and uh, you hit the ground running. Yeah, and as I noted, would we we've we've told council in the past and and the board that uh, in I believe it was actually remember March of 2020 uh, that with the way the process was uh, and uh, staffing levels and all of the priorities that council had for like the general plan and, and, and other major things, we were not going to have time to support the boards. All we were gonna do was we could bring the items that the board needs to see. Uh, and that one of the goals of streamlining is uh, if we can be more efficient in other tasks, then we have time uh, to set up the trainings and, 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 and get more of the information back to you. So part of the goal of streamlining is for the city as a whole to be more efficient. So instead of just doing a lot of things, we start doing a lot of things well. So there's no money that's budgeted for training of any of the committees or commissions. We actually have the money. We don't have the staff time to set any of it up. Same thing with so, staff training. We have, have funds for staff training and because of uh, the council priorities and, and, and workloads and such and the vacancies, we can't even set that up. So again, finding ways to be more efficient is going to make the whole system work better. So consultants couldn't be used to do this, to set up a training program? With all due respect, all of that takes staff work. Okay. And then finally, if we're gonna be recommending to the planning commission, what, what's the criteria for being a planning commission member? With all due respect, I don't believe that has anything to do with the agenda item before you. Okay, because so I'm thinking that we're gonna be recommending and we're gonna be dealing with a lot of technical issues, uh, architectural design and planning. So do these members, do they have the training? Do they have the background uh, to understand what we're recommending? In, in what regard, Chair Adelman? Let me answer that. So the planning commission uh, has the uh, responsibility under the ordinance to review all aspects of the general plan, uh, zoning ordinance, uh, environmental quality act, a wide range of, of, of issues. Uh, they're directly appointed by council uh, and uh, they are, uh, DRC has certain authority, planning commission's authority is much wider. Uh, they review all ordinances that go to council, uh, not just the parts that DRC sees. Um, and, and they have a role just as staff has a role, just as DRC has a role. And it would be best if we respect each person, each group's role. Well, I, I, I for one respect that role. It's a very difficult job and it's going to be more difficult now with uh, us sending recommendations forward, if that passes. I was just not familiar with the qualifications were. Uh, you know, do you need to be a, a planner, an attorney, 
uh, an architect, uh, a contractor, a real estate developer? Uh, are there any preset qualifications to be on the planning commission that would would aid in you know understanding what our recommendations are? And and Chair Adelman, that was part of the concerns too with the the DRC portions as a final action body making uh, final decisions on CEQA um, topics too. And, and again, the, the same argument could be made there. What qualifications does the DRC have in regards to California Environmental Quality Act? And so- You have to study it when you take the architectural exam for the California board in depth. Yeah, but there's still, there's still a, an ongoing legal component to that. Uh, and I would like to add too that the city council doesn't have any uh, technical experience in design or architecture. There's no requirements that any of them have any of those professional, meet any of those professional standards, but yet their role is to take all the information they're provided and make a decision. So the same thing is true for the planning commission. The, the ordinance is, is set up um, the, um, to to have a, a board which makes these types of decisions and that information is based uh, with on the uh, recommendations of the those who have the technical technical experience on the DRC. So basically any any resident of the city of Ventura is eligible to be on the planning commission if so appointed by the council. I believe that's the case. Okay. Well, uh, any other questions from any other of the DRC members? Um, yes, I, ha I had two that popped up. Um, the first being, um, Peter, is there a process for um, comparing sort of what is approved at the entitlements level in terms of design to what is actually permitted uh, and constructed? Yes, uh, there's a, a plan review process. Uh, some call it plan check, some call it plan review. And, and, and the planners uh, uh, are to look through the building permit drawings and ensure that it uh, complies with the entitlement okay. version of the plan. And then my second question is, my gut, feels like this isn't going to save you time if we put all of these hearings and responsibility on on you as the director or your designee. And so I I, I guess that's one thing that I'm struggling with. You know, we, we talk about all of these uh, efficiency improvements and, um, you know, that being the, the major impetus for, for needing to do these. Um, but I I question whether it's it's truly going to be a a positive use of your time um, uh, as as community development director, uh, given our staffing constraints, uh, and you know, is your time better used for a lot more of those long-range uh, planning and and uh, those efforts? And maybe I'm I'm getting beyond my purview here as a DRC member, but um, you know, going back to what. Uh, uh, committee member Salty said each incremental design change along the way really truly does have an impact on on our city and the quality of life 
And, you know, I, I, I do still believe that DRC is the correct body, but I understand the need for this. So if you can just speak to, to, to that a little bit more to help me out. Absolutely. Uh, there's no question in my mind that the emergency streamlining ordinance has saved tremendous amounts of staff time. Uh, the, the proposed permanent ordinance will, will do the same. Um, this has allowed us to, because as when we started off, it was the, here's the list of all these problems with the process. Uh, only some of them are in ordinances. Uh, all of those other things need attention, and we've been able to give it more attention than we otherwise would have because of emergency streamlining happening. Uh, so there's no question in, in my mind that this will save staff significant amounts of time. And um, we wouldn't be proposing something that uh, we didn't 100% believe was going to make the system work better. Uh, and we've had projects now um, that uh, come in at the beginning of, of of the streamlining process and gotten through the entire process the entire entitlement process um, and that wouldn't have happened before and it still got reviewed by drc drc supported the designs uh, and ended up being approved at at, at the final hearing so uh, the thing is that is only a fraction of the projects that we're processing and we need to make it so that more of that becomes the norm, as I said earlier in the presentation. Well, Peter, this process involves a lot of risk. There's no guarantee that it's going to work or not going to work. And I'm wondering if there's, there was some kind of sunset consideration that was put in, could be put into effect that maybe after a year or two years, uh, we sit down and evaluate whether or not this was beneficial or not beneficial, but right now I think it becomes permanent, correct? The proposal is to take the process that has been in place for uh, almost 18 months uh, and, and, and to make it permanent. Uh, ordinances can be changed at, at any point that the city council wants to. So um, if you want to make part of your recommendation that this get revisited in a certain period of time, that that's a perfectly good recommendation to make. Okay. Um, let, if there's no more questions of staff, then uh, we'll just proceed to have discussion among the uh, DRC members. I know this is a tough one. Um, unfortunately, Daniel, you're always my go-to person. So. I wouldn't even know how to make a recommendation, <laughs> honestly. Um, so, I don't know, Tony. <laughs> um, I I guess I would, you know, I would, I I, I would request that some changes be made. Uh, to the proposal, and it, it's hard to capture, you know, those and really be um, thoughtful and uh, articulate with the, all of the language that I would use. But um, some of the main things, I'll try to just recap on my end. 
uh, that I would like to see in a permit streamlining ordinance um, are, uh, I would recommend um, three tiers for design review, um, sort of lowest level, administrative level, uh, then the minor, and then the major. Uh, I would recommend that um, the minor category be things like uh, what, uh, like a substantial facade change um, or some type of substantial landscaping site changes, things like that. Um, the lesser than would be the administrative level, and that's what I would feel comfortable with uh, designating to, to staff. And the major, uh, I would uh, continue to want to have uh, the DRC be the final approving body in only in cases that do not have uh, some type of uh, concurrent uh, land use approval associated with them. Would you want to include some type of revisiting this in two years and evaluate whether or not uh, we should go back to the way things were or continue with the new ordinance? I like the idea of a, a sunset. Um, it we've kind of been doing this every so often with the, uh, you know, extending the emergency ordinance. Uh, this is intended to be a permanent, but maybe we can make it more permanent at this point. Um, and as it, the one thing with sunsets is that as they, as they come closer, uh, it forces everybody to, to take another look and make sure that this is the appropriate uh, way to continue. Otherwise, I, I think we're going to get down this path. It's going to become more of the norm, and no one's going to want to go back to uh, the way it was um, for the, you know, all of the challenges that that the process and system has had. Um, but it, it at least enables there there to be a an opportunity to uh, continue to make amendments to to the process. I guess one of my concerns, you know, is. This, this is about the built environment and the time it takes to see something go through the entire process and then to be built and then occupied. I would I would say the sunset would need to at least allow a building to do that. Like five years. Yeah, like so, like a, like yeah, like it. Uh, if you're, I, it's not that I don't believe what you guys are saying. Like this process is working, but in architecture, it's like we haven't seen something that started the streamlining since then and seen it actually built and if that if it, the quality is is better then then i'm all for it but i think we need to see some kind of final you know it's not about conceptual package or, or drawings it's about the product at the end um so that's i would i would at least want to see you know if we're going to give it if we're going to do this i want to give it time to actually to happen right agreed yeah, unfortunately, the products that we approve can be around for over 100 years. Too. Once they're built, they're not going anywhere. Absolutely. So I assume, Netta, you've been taking notes on what Tony has said? We have been. 
and, and we also have this recorded. Yeah, a couple of questions though. Um, need some guidance on what substantial is. Yeah. And then um, there was a lot of different things said about looking at the process in the future. There was a revisit in two years, have it a sunset, have it be five years. So if we could get Daniel, could I um, ask you to comment on the idea of there being a a, a three-tier system and kind of the middle tier? Um, yeah, so I'm not making a motion. I'll just comment what you said. So I, I agreed with what you said about the three tiers. I think that's a good idea because it seemed a little um, just kind of the scale was off between the three to $900 and the $9,000. Uh, so I think that would actually really help. I think what would be a substantial change would be there needs to be some kind of language that would say in, I mean, we know our city, right? We, we have certain areas that that the public goes to, that people go to. It's the corridors, it's downtown, it's the avenue. You know, those are the, those are major kind of spaces where th there's the most public kind of um, involvement in everyday life. Right, so I would say any facade change on those areas should be reviewed um, as long with, and I would consider that a minor. So that's what I would, it would be based on place um, a lot. So I, I agree with that. And then um, you guys losing, are we losing internet right now? The shared screen appears to have gone. Okay, gone but we're still hearing you. Okay, and then so what you said, you said we we would be the final approval body um, instead of just a recommending body for major designed changes, correct? And okay. unless unless that unless that interferes with another body, I heard you that correctly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's my sentiment too right now. It might be wrong, but I think I think I agree with that. Well, I, I think this is an experiment that may be worth trying. I just would like to see maybe review, maybe four years, maybe that that's a good number, and uh, just determine whether or not it, it's been beneficial. Do we need to change anything? Do we need to go back? Do we want to make things much different? Uh, there just should be an opportunity built in to the ordinance. Then we get consensus on is it a review, is it a sunset, and what the time frame is. Well, my input would be a sunset and it would be four years. And I, I'd be okay, you know, with the language that unless it's extended by by the city council. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the last point I want to make is the current system has a split between uh, projects in certain areas go to DRC and uh, facades in certain areas go to DRC and facades not in those areas don't go to DRC. So my suggestion to you is that you would say leave facades the way it is in the pre-ESO process 
that's, I believe, your intent. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree also. So it wouldn't be necessarily making a third tier. There'd be major and minor, but the way the, or, the prior ordinance is, facades in certain areas automatically get moved up to major. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tony, you, you also mentioned about having a consent item so that uh, staff approvals could just come before us uh, so we could be aware of what's being approved or being denied. Is that something that we'd want to see as a consent item? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I think my comment regarding earlier about consent was um, kind of thinking through how uh, a minor design review uh, may be handled kind of less formally than a, a major one at, at DRC. But um, you, what is your intent for the consent? Can you say, say that again? Well, if we could just see what's been approved, if anybody has any concerns, they could be addressed. Uh, obviously, they've been approved already, but uh, I think staff could get some feedback from us, which might be beneficial. Let me just clarify, unless there is some action by the DRC, it wouldn't be on a consent calendar. It might be on an informational agenda item or something like that, but it wouldn't be a, a consent. Consent is action items that are handled all with one motion okay so that at the end of our meeting we could have an informational item these are the following projects show some slides anybody have any comments peter what it, do you have any any uh feeling on on um bringing minor design review items as as consent items to drc at the beginning of our hearings and, and if we have i mean it's a good opportunity that if for some reason there was some additional public concern or uh, concern from any member of the board um, that it could be pulled to full board at that point so we would not recommend such process matrix uh, recommended against a council item that was like that, that council had to rescind. Uh, so you can put that in your recommendation. We would not support it. I think an informational item would still be good enough. Maybe at the end of the meeting when we're all ready to, to leave might be a good time to throw those up on the screen and just go over them. And if we have concerns, then maybe that's something we can do as individuals in the form of an email and say, maybe next time you might want to consider you know, not putting bars on the windows. That's not really on the agenda tonight. Uh, that's really a more of a procedural thing that uh, working out updates and such, that's not anything that goes in the ordinance. So I think that's something we can talk about in the future, but it doesn't, you can make it part of the motion, but it wouldn't really fit here. Okay, well, I guess the only thing that's left is do we do we have a motion and a second? Um, 
I guess the, the other question that staff had was regarding the makeup of, of DRC. Um, I don't particularly have any, any strong feelings about that, except that I, I do believe that, um, you know, urban design um, experience is, is critical. Um, and I, I just, I don't think that anything needs to change in our ordinance necessarily, but, um, you know, city council and uh, interviews DRC candidates and makes the determination as, as necessary. Do you guys feel any differently? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I think what's, what's laid out is makes sense. Like a lot of architects have urban design experience, right? Right. I've, I've written form-based code in a past life. And I, as the one member of the development community, um, as a uh, kind of real estate project manager and planner, um, appreciate that there is some opportunity for others to participate on, on this board. Yeah, I think the council interview process works very well. Okay, um, can we perhaps have staff read back the kind of our summary comments and then we can use those to make a motion? Yeah, so the, the four things I have, uh, keep facades in key areas as minor design review. So effectively that's no change to the free streamlining ordinance. Keep final approval body for cases that don't have to go to other hearings. Sunset in four years unless extended by council and make no change to chapter 2.420, uh, but note to the council that as part of their interview considerations, urban design experience is critical. Yes, um, I agree with all those. Is there anything that we're, uh, we haven't commented on for the sign? Um, program changes in the in the code. You know, I think in general staff can do a pretty good job of reviewing signs. I unless you know unless the sign is very controversial or large uh, or electronic uh, something that uh, would cause the community uh, some concern. But just normal signage, I think, could be handled at the counter. Peter, are, is there a specific threshold for uh, sort of minor sign approval and major, similar to the design, the other design review process we we've discussed? Uh, only that sign programs and poll signs would uh, was major, uh, and we we're proposing to move those to minor. Now, if anything doesn't comply with the sign regulations and triggers a variance, then there's automatically here. Okay. And those would variances are by planning commission commission anyways. Variances depend on the the, the scope of the variance. Um, in the before streamlining, before the emergency streamlining ordinance, there were multiple. There were two types of sign variances. DRC would act on uh, one type, but if it if it was a monument that I think went over 12 feet, then it 
went to planning commission. Uh, what we're recommending is that all the sign variances be at a staff hearing, and then all of the signs that comply be administrative. Okay, I don't have any further comment on that. Um, one other request that I'd like to see in a revised um, ordinance amendment is the proposed concept, uh, voluntary concept design um, provisions. So if we can add that to our list, please. Talking about conceptual design? Yes. Are you saying just put the text that was gonna be deleted back in? Uh, no, you, I, I understand that some proposed changes are, are in process, um, but exactly how it will work be a future conversation with staff. Um, Okay, so I understand it's going to be a, a procedural item, not an ordinance item. Is that, can you explain that? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the current text in the ordinance really doesn't say anything. It says, it, it's really, it says that the conceptual design review really has no meaning because you can't require them to follow any of it. Uh, it's really just saying you can have a hearing. Well, we don't need the ordinance to bring uh, conceptual design review to the DRC uh, because if an applicant wants to do it, we can do it. Understood. That's why we're proposing taking down the ordinance and just setting up a procedure. Is there a cost involved? There currently is. But we would look at what the future process that we do and then we figure out how much time that would take and then um, the, that future fee would be based on the procedure that we work out. The goal is to have the cost for conceptual review not be so high that uh, an applicant wouldn't want to do it. Agreed. Well, it seems like if they followed our advice and then they came before us uh, the process would go a lot quicker. I don't know whether they could be given some type of prorated credit, you know, towards the next hearing. Um, that is how the current fee setup is for conceptual review. Oh, perfect. Um, Peter, can we please uh, make a note for staff to um, uh, add language to the minor design review? criteria um, addressing project piecemealing. I didn't respond, I was typing, yes. Okay. So if, if if the, if you're at that point, uh, if someone makes a motion to follow A and B with 
with, with the following changes. Keep facades in key areas as major design review, basically matching the existing ordinance. DRC would be final approval body for cases that don't have to go to other hearings. Sunset these changes in, in four years unless extended by council. Add language to minor design review for project piecemealing. And, and those who may not remember, like if you're, uh, if someone does like a 10% addition in one year and a 10% in another and then a 20% in the next, they've done 40% uh, and let's not let that be uh, minor. Uh, and then the last one that you're not re recommending any change to the, uh, to the make of DRC, but you do want the, uh, the council interview committee to uh, strongly consider urban design experience. So if, if you move this with, and then say, and what Peter said, then it's enough of what you're correct. I, I appreciate that. I was gonna ask you to share your screen so I could read them off, but, but uh, that's a lot easier. So um, I, at this time, I'll, I'll go ahead and move to um, uh, recommend to the planning commission um, the order the proposed ordinance amendments um, with the uh, changes recommended changes uh, that Peter mentioned. Second. Okay, then uh, clerk, would you please call the roll? Committee member Groden is absent. Committee member, excuse me, committee member Basalti. Yes. Committee member Tomasello. Yes. Chair Alt Antelman? Yes. That motion carries. Okay, let's see where we're at. <laughs> okay, so. So we're at staff communication at this point. I think there was, is there one other? Yeah, we're number four, Al. Oh, I'm sorry. I got folded over. Okay, goal setting. Okay, have a discussion on goals and priorities to focus on in calendar year 2022. Uh, can we please have the staff presentation? Yes, uh, as if you haven't heard me enough tonight, uh, happy to be here talking about goals uh, council sets goals every year uh, on an annual basis, and it's for an 18 month period going from January to June. Um, this has never been shared with DRC, HBC, or PC, and this year we, we, we uh, wanted to bring forward what, uh, not only what our goals that we were assigned uh, last year, or this year, uh, but also the recommendations we're gonna be making to council for next year. Uh, get feedback on that. I'm um, gonna abbreviate what I was gonna say. Uh, we're really busy this year. If, if you look through the list of, of, of goals in attachment A um, that council gave us, uh, we're gonna get through all those. Um, attachment B are things we'll be recommending after we get through all the things on attachment A. Uh, so uh, wanted to see uh, any feedback DRC had, as I note in the in the memo, you can use attachment B as a starting point for discussion. You could just 
talk about goals independently uh, as, as, as you see fit. Um, we took this to Planning Commission last week and uh, they really appreciated it and had a lot of comments. Next slide. So these are the goals and they're not really, they're, they're kind of goals and then work programs. So council's gonna be figuring out what they end up actually calling these. But these are the things that we think uh, should be done uh, in the next cycle. The things with the green check marks are the ones that planning commission especially commented on. They actually said they support them all. Um, I could get DRC input on any of these. As I said, if there are things not on this list, uh, happy to hear those as well. Any comments from the DRC? One thing that I think is is important as it could be as part of one of these other ones, or perhaps it could be its own, but um, I feel strongly that um, some type of streetscape master plan um, uh, is, is necessary uh, as we continue, especially for our bigger projects to have more limited uh, discretion over. Um, and uh, I, I think that um, there are a lot of areas and neighborhoods um, that are uh, continuing to improve uh, and change and not having some standards uh, in place for what we expect, um, you know, the sidewalk, parkway, uh, street trees, uh, lighting standard, some of those types of things um, in place, uh, I think are, I think we'll, we'll have less ability to request those uh, of projects moving forward on an ad hoc basis. So I think it's important to get those established um, almost as objective design standards. Peter, wouldn't that be part of the form-based overlay districts number 3A? It, it, it could, but I mean, we already ha we do have standards. We have standards for lighting, we have standards for sidewalks, we have standards for trees. Uh, they're the basic city standards, unless you're in a like specific plan area yeah. or a special coded area. Um, the form-based overlay district that we're talking about Would, would only partially capture that because the, the, the overlay is attempting to take the, the parts of form-based code, like the transects and the guidelines and the building types and apply it to properties without having to do a specific plan. Uh, because um, for two reasons, one, the housing element, all the sites we're identifying to be rezoned for more housing, uh, we have one year to do it. And so uh, using something that we kind of already have in place could be helpful. And then as I think you all know, doing a specific plan is a lot of, a lot of extra work uh, that you don't just do for one site. Uh, so, I, so I think what is being mentioned 
um, wouldn't fall under that, but would probably be some probably fall under uh, item four as as an other initiative. Um, because as I said, we do have standards, but if you're not in a special area, they're pretty vanilla. And our our circulation element of the general plan, is that being updated? Could could that be incorporated into that element? Uh, every the, the entire general plan has been comprehensively updated. So yes, certainly can. Uh, whether we want to put that level of detail in the general plan uh, is a question. This might be like a master plan that is tiered off the general plan. Uh, but I, I think if, if I think the point is, if there's interest in this, uh, we'll figure out what it can be called and where it can go. Uh, uh, so we don't have to figure that out tonight. Sure. I just, you know, for me personally, my my lived experience is that there are, you know, areas where we have a great pedestrian experience on one block and then you walk half a block down and it's terrible and um, it may have a brand new building on it or a major major rehab um, and so that opportunity to try to improve that that piece of our uh, you know pedestrian built environment is, is lost for many decades to come um, i don't anticipate that the city is going to be you know trying to do those types of improvements anytime soon um, so I think where we can, um, let's try to try to come up with a, a thoughtful and and uh, comprehensive uh, plan and strategy, and you know piece by piece start start implementing it. Well, and having a streetscape plan in place makes it a lot easier to get grants for those types of projects if those True. are available. And just to piggyback on that, I mean our. Our bicycle access is horrendous in this in the city. I, I was hit with my kids pulling their their car chair on a, with the car on on the approved bike lane. So I mean, we we have to do something about that. Otherwise, people are never going to bike in the city. Um, I, I would say that's. But I think having the general plan is number one. Um, is great. My only concern, just reading off this list really quick too, is the retrofit ordinance. I know LA is way ahead of us on this. Um, and they're, I think by 2030, they have to be completed if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know the exact date, uh, but a lot of places are ahead of us. Okay, I'd like to chime in with something under other initiatives. Uh, back in the 80s and 90s, when I was on the uh, ARB, we had a design awards program. Uh, where we would basically recognize outstanding design in the city. I feel that could be something that would be very be beneficial that when somebody met with staff, uh, they might say, well, you know, what, what, what do you consider good design? You know, what would you like to see? I, I think having an awards program could provide some examples of, uh, of designs that uh, the DRC would be very pleased with and the planning commission might be pleased with. I know that would take staff time, but uh, I think it's important to rec recognize good design. Is that something that's possible? I mean, please just 
uh, we're just looking for ideas. Uh, they'll be put all, all together and it, it, it'll just be a case in the end of council you know, prioritizing with available resources. So uh, please offer all the ideas you have. Okay, well, the other issue I had was rooftop. Uh, we're seeing a lot of rooftop design and I don't know whether we need to have some kind of standards on what we put up on roofs. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of construction in the hills and people are looking down on roofs. Uh, I don't know whether we need to have any guidelines in that area or not. And those are my two comments. I, yeah, I, I think that in a form based overlay district that that that's probably a good thing to include in in 3A. Uh, I have a question about 3C. Uh, Peter, have has the city done any um, analysis of how how many sites fall into uh, the eligibility criteria for SB 35? We have a significant, I mean, I, I just know that there's a laundry list of of uh, things that would uh, disqualify you for um, you know, the provisions of SB 35, one of yeah, which being, uh, you know. I know that we have, uh, I know that we have done a project under SB 35. Um, I don't off the top of my head know how many sites are available, but um, one of the expected requirements of our new housing element will be that we have to set procedures for that. And it uh, seemed like a low hanging fruit type thing to knock out in, 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 in the first or second year of the housing element. Okay. As you said, there are so many strings attached to it, not even site wise, but uh, you have to be prevailing wage and such that the only projects that are going to use it are 100% affordable. Right, and we want those to to be, you know, preferably have have some type of streamlining associated with them, anyways, because we need yeah. the the affordable housing. So, okay. Okay. Uh, I think our next step is uh, open this to the public. Uh, is there any members of the public that wish to comment on items one through four? Chair Anselman, we do have one public speaker. That would be Terrence Foley. Terrence, I've made you a panelist. You have control of your camera and mic. I'm going to see if I can try to unmute Mr. Foley. Okay, can you hear me now? We can hear you. That's great. Okay, I realize there's other people, you know, a number of people on this on this uh, meeting right now, and I'll apologize to them right off the bat because this is mainly directed to Andy and Peter, and they already know what I'm going to go through here. But the main thing is that is this in regard to the short-term rentals for the city of Ventura, um, you know, at the I read through the memo and the addenda regarding the priorities for planning, you know, for this coming year. 
And I look back at the city goal setting meeting that was on January 23rd of 2021. And at that time, the planning said that they, they weren't going to make it a priority until the start of 2022. And Andy, if I get off the rails here, if you can please just raise your hand and get me back on track. But what I'm seeing here is that I'm being I'm looking at the priorities established in the in the memorandum or excuse me in the addenda, and it looks to me like like uh, short-term rentals are not a priority at all during 2022. Well, for the entirety of 2021, there's an entirety community of people who've been waiting for this to happen. Who've been saying we want this, we wanted it for 11 years. We've been asking for it. It's a pretty simple thing. It's got to happen. And to be told now that maybe it won't happen in 2022 is not is just beyond a big disappointment. The city, the city manager wants this. I, a number of the city council members explicitly want it. It's just something that's got to happen. It's not doing the city any good not to happen. So I know that Mike Johnson, when in that, in that meeting on January 23rd, he was very specific about saying, it was not okay not to have not the short-term rental uh, ordinance revised. It's, it's it's the in the meantime in the, my time of talking to the city about this, it's gone from 75 STVRs to 150. On Shelburne Lane alone, it's gone from five percent. Well, five percent of the homes on Shelburne Lane were were STVRs when this started. Now, 25 percent of the homes are STVRs. You, that's a point you're, where you're just killing your neighborhood. It's not okay. It's not a question of trash, noise, and traffic. It's a question of losing everything that your neighborhood means to you. So there's only three parts to any decent STVR ordinance, which are the density, the proximity, and the enforcement. This is low-hanging fruit. An STVR ordinance is only 26 pages long. That's been proven by Oxnard, Carpinteria, and Morro Bay. They're all good ordinances. I've said to the city council on the last meeting, if you put me and Andy in a meeting in a in a in an office for one day, we could bang this out. It's not that hard because the coastal commission has already determined everything that would have to go into this. When I spoke with Mike Lavery, the fire chief, the other day, he said, "I was on that committee in Carpinteria. I've got an STVR there. It can be fun." So what I'm doing here at this point in these last nine seconds is asking that Andy and Peter, if you can please get together with me or somehow communicate with me that this will be made a priority. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Foley. Mr. Chair, can I, I, I comment on the speaker's uh, comment? He's not saying I can't. So um, as I mentioned at the beginning, the goals are for 18 month periods. Uh, so the 2021 goals go from January of 2021 to June of 2022. The goals that council is gonna adopt for the next cycle are gonna be uh, January, 2022 to June of 2023. You look at attachment A, update short-term vacation rental ordinance is on that list. It is not on attachment B because it is on attachment A and it, the, uh, it was a council goal and the intent is that it will begin and hopefully be done in the uh, uh, before the end of the 18 month period. There's overlap so I can understand why it might be confused and, and, and you might think, well, I, it, it's not on the 2022 one. It, it's still on the prior one, uh, hasn't gone anywhere and the assumptions of attachment B is that everything in attachment A has been completed. 
Mr. Gilly, I did um, mute Mr. Foley. I don't know if you would like him to respond or should I just um, put him back to the attendees? I think he had his three minutes. Okay, I will move him back. Okay, then I'm going to uh, close the public hearing. Uh, we've got 20 minutes to discuss this. I think we've already done a pretty good job of discussing it. Does anybody want to add anything to one, two, one, two, three, and four? So we can, I would assume there's no vote or anything necessary with this. We can just move on yes. to the next item. Okay, which is staff communication. And it says, ask staff and committee members if they have any items to report that may be of interest to other committee members and the public. And then if, if, if I could start off, uh, I think sure. at the end of the meeting, a question was asked about uh, our, our fifth member. Um, as was known in the staff report, uh, there are conflicts of interest that happen depending on the uh, the role of the DRC. Uh, those potential conflicts of interest caused uh, the the person appointed to step step down, um, and again, that's part of the reason of streamlining and adjusting the roles is to try to open up the. Uh, ability for local professionals to be on the design board without having conflicts with their business. Uh, unfortunately, um, that's the reason why we don't have a fifth member right now. So we're gonna have to go back out and, and recruit. Ned, do you have anything else? Sure. Um, uh, Chair Adelman, committee members, I wanted to, to have a conversation about the 2022 uh, hearing calendar. We are asking each of the, we will be bringing that forward before the end of the year to adopt the hearing calendar for next year. I wanted to have a conversation prior to that about uh, the preference. Um, did have a conversation with planning commission last week about this and we'll also have it with um, the HPC. Right now, as the calendar had been set up for 2021, we have two meetings scheduled a month and then um, the intent was to allow flexibility of when that meeting could be or if there was a period where we needed to have multiple meetings in a month that there was already one scheduled that that could occur. Um, knowing that uh, predominantly that um, at least half of them would be canceled with approximately a meeting a month. I wanted to see from the DRC if you wanted to still continue with that approach or would you rather go to one meeting scheduled a month and if there is a need for a special meeting to schedule a special meeting um, when we had this conversation with the planning commission they wanted to still have two meetings a month scheduled um, with the understanding that um, most likely 50 percent of them would still be canceled and it would roughly um, work out to be a, a meeting or a hearing a month of of their meeting so wanted to also gauge the same um, from the the drc is there any preference in how your calendar is structured moving forward well question wouldn't it be beneficial for staff if we only had one meeting a month so uh yes the the goal of why staff was scheduling two meetings a month was 
if there was a need to have multiple, say there was an influx in projects, as, as we don't um, always control how many projects are ready to go through hearings. Um, we did see in DRC there was uh, at the beginning of the year multiple projects and we split it up into multiple meetings that we'd had them already scheduled to do so, um, which was why uh, we had done it that way, knowing that we would probably cancel about 50% of them um, because we wouldn't necessarily always need two, two meetings a month. However, we can just schedule one meeting a month and then if there is a situation where we need a special meeting or there's um, a, a topic to discuss, we can schedule a special meeting. Yeah, it seems like that would be beneficial to staff, uh, be less emails going out. Um, but uh, how, do, how do the other members of the DRC feel? I prefer one. Uh, yeah, this is this is Tony. I, I also I'm fine with one, um, given the number of projects that we've had a number of hearings that that have been uh, canceled. I'm, it's, it feels like one planning for one a month is probably sufficient. Uh, and if we need to adjust that, we can work in with staff on that. Okay. Um, that was on, the only topic that I had for discussion. Uh, thank you. Okay. And if there's nothing else, uh, I'm going to adjourn the meeting. And uh, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you all. Have a good night.